You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, a weekly look at the English Premier League's action and other football stories making the news. Join the conversation on our Facebook page and on our Instagram account. The links are in the bio. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hey everyone, uh, this week we're at Eastside Billiards in Bears Lake. Um, I'm joined by Andy Watson, a Liverpool fan from the Darlington area in the northeast of England. Um, Andy, being a Liverpool fan uh, from the northeast of England is kind of weird because normally you would think that you'd be a, a Newcastle supporter or a Sunderland supporter or even, God forbid, a Middlesbrough supporter. Uh, why, uh, why Liverpool? Yeah, the, re- the reason why uh, I, I guess I follow Liverpool I do follow Darlington too. Just uh, I got to throw that out there. Still, everyone follows Darlington, right? Oh yeah. Well, they're doing pretty good. Oh, well, <laughs> they won yesterday. Less said about that, the better. But um, yeah, I guess uh, I, I've always followed Liverpool from like a young age. I just remember one one night in May. I guess it was just around my birthday, and I, I guess my mum was at work, and my dad let me stay off to watch the get watch a game, and it was. I think it was either I think it was around 1984, and it was the um, European Cup final. And I just remember uh, uh, the ball running, like was rolling out a player, and um, Liverpool player ran and just kind of backheeled it keep, to keep it in play and keep the, the the move going. And I just said to my dad, "Who was who was that?" And he said, "Liverpool." And then the word Liverpool stuck with me. And then from then on, that's. That's that's how I how I remember it, but yeah, and um, yeah, ever since then I've followed them through. It's a just, does your dad follow Liverpool? He's a Newcastle fan. Wow! So, so like uh, the reason I'm a Tottenham fan is because my dad's a Tottenham fan. So basically, like he brainwashed me from a young age. So yeah. your dad must have been pretty disappointed in you when you. Uh, he never really pushed that much football on me when like kind of growing up. We he kind of just we watched a few games on TV, and then. Kind of later, like as as we got older, we went to a couple a couple of Newcastle games. Like that's the good thing living in the northeast of England was we did have Newcastle games. Um, like we've been to Sunderland, been to Middlesbrough to see some Premier League games. So there was always a like that option to to at least see a, a few games, and it was always for like Middlesbrough and Sunderland, Newcastle. Newcastle was a little bit harder to get tickets for, but. It was always, and you'd be up in the nosebleed seats always. But, <laughs> so, uh, so out of the three stadiums, which would be your your favorite in the northeast? Yep. Jeez, probably, probably Newcastle. Just it's yeah, just probably Newcastle. Uh, atmosphere, just for the atmosphere. I I remember going there when I was probably sixteen as well with my uh, friends from school, and we were in the um, before it was redeveloped, and we were stood in the Gallagher end. Hey, and. Um, it was it was the game when Andy Cole scored the hat trick. Okay. And um, Bruce Grobler was, was I, I just, goal. I just need to cut across there. It's Andrew Cole. Make sure you get. Oh that yes, right. Andrew Cole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He changed his name. Didn't he? And um, why well, he went from yeah anyway. But um, yeah, it was oh yeah, and we were all in there, young lads, and it was snowing. It was it was a great day, and then yeah, we just Liverpool lost obviously. Um, is that Andrew Cole hat trick and then yeah it was but it was really a good atmosphere and then they developed the ground and obviously when he came into the club and 
yeah, so it's, it, it was a lot different than like the last couple of times. But I was also there for Eng, like an Eng, like an England game when they played Albania in the two thousand and two. Two huge rivals, right? Oh yeah, Albania and England. <laughs> yeah, well, it was then. It was the game after that. That was the game after England beat Germany five five one. So they all of a sudden they could qualify, had the potential to qualify for that World Cup in South Korea and Japan. Okay. So, so and what happened? Did the did, they, did England actually win the game? I think they won. Yeah. Um, again, I was in the nose booth seat, so it was. You couldn't see the action. <laughs> no, I, I, could, I had to. I forgot my binoculars. Then, uh, Check the score and teletext. Yeah. But uh, no, I think it was a pretty big win, and then obviously they went on for that, and that was that famous David Beckham moment at Old Trafford. Like you were there for that, right? I was. Yeah. I was oh my god! Yeah. Like I honestly think that the whole of England had a huge orgasm. Oh, uh, I think that game. Yeah. That was. A, that, that was. was uh, it was. Um, yeah, it was an amazing atmosphere. Obviously, my my view of that game was totally different to yours because I was in Dublin watching it in a pub, and there was. Four English fans sitting in the corner, like oh, cheering, yeah. and the rest of the pub was just, well, just booing. Well, pretty much up for Greece. We were all like, <laughs> you know, well, we'd all suddenly become Greek, and oh, yeah. it was kind of funny, like just sitting there, and then Beckham scored that goal, and the the four lads in the corner, like literally, they turned the pub upside down. It was, it yeah, was, yeah. it was pretty awesome, it was pretty special, and that's why we love football, right? It's like it's those moments when you know, just oh, yeah, yeah. That that was. Do you think that's when the whole Beckham? Uh, superstar thing took off was that moment or I, I think like because the, the obviously four years earlier he was sent off against Argentina and he had a bit of a rough ride that following season but you could tell the old like that was a good thing that Beckham was like whenever he put an England shirt on he was like he always put 100% in like he never really fault him like he, he you could tell he loved playing for his country and like he like maybe a few years down the line, he like I think like people there was clicks there. Like obviously Michael Owen had his just released his, oh his releasing his autobiography, but um, and said a few things. But um, no, I I like I don't think he could fault Beckham's commitment to like him. Yeah, superstardom took off for him and yeah, like I um that that was it was like such it was, it was such a it was a really good England team too and like. Um, I, I honestly feel like that team really underperformed, but he got like so fucked over by so many managers. Like I mean, like like, and this is the thing like uh, that people don't really appreciate is, is dedication to England. Like wasn't Steve McLaren that kind of famously they like, kind of dumped him from the squad or the took the captaincy the off? Yeah, yeah, and then like Capello kind of put him out the cold, and then decided that he actually needed him and called yeah. him back up. So I mean, it's it's kind of like. I feel bad for him in a way that like his his, his yeah towards the end yeah they got towards the end, but then you find that with a few like like if you go back like a change of manager like there's there's always players that fall by the wayside so like going back to like from grow like obviously from what I remember Gary Lineker with Graham Taylor oh um, yeah like, that was just r- like the fall from like it's pretty interesting like and Lineker was like one of my. All time hero. I was yeah. as a kid. I uh, was like playing for scores and stuff like that. Yeah. But like he, he the, the feeling at that stage was like that he was being robbed of history because he would have broke oh, yeah. uh, he would have Bobby Charlton's record and just it was such a horrible moment to watch a career kind of just go down the the, the, the shitter pretty much it, again. It was just one of those moments where like and it happened so many times if you look at the careers of some of the like. Football, like, and that was the thing with the England team. Like, 
with what we were just saying with Beckham in and like they had so much potential and then for whatever reason all the like the change in managers and they just didn't get that right manager. Maybe they should have hired Sam Allardyce because he's the only yeah, guy with a hundred percent win that, record. That's true. Uh, but I, I think too though is that like because of there's a lot of like egos and well, I, I think as well because of the English media, like it's impo- it was impossible for a manager to leave either Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard out. The two of them didn't play well together whatsoever. No. Um, and there was like no way that like a manager will be like annihilated in the press if you dare to drop one of those guys so the team was almost picking itself which yeah. doesn't isn't going to help the manager you know what I mean? and also so, at that time there was Paul Scholes where like and, every, and he was the, played on the left or wherever he was out of all, if all three of them he was the guy that they dropped that's yeah. it's like they're one of the greatest midfielders of all time for yeah. England and he got like dumped so yeah, yeah um, I know we got off topic there a little <laughs> bit but uh, yeah it's, it's kind of interesting just a, just a quick one uh, before we move on to the next part yeah uh, have you been to Anfield and uh, was it a great moment? Like obviously coming from the other side of the country yeah. to Liverpool and finally getting to the ground, was it? Oh yeah, I um, I I've been to Anfield a few times and yeah, just the like just the anticipation of going there for the first time and and um, I I did like uh, the first time I went out like we didn't sit in the car and it was so it was it was it was it was like a great day. We I think. I think we played Chelsea and beat them 5 0. Like, it was oh, weird. Wow. It was like every game that I've been to Anfield, like, they've been big victories. Uh, apart from one, which was a, um, a Europa Cup game, and it was just some Eastern European team, and it was a, it was a struggle. But it was that season, I think they, I think it was in the season they won the treble. Like, oh, wow. That, so it was, okay. it was, that was, a, that was an amazing team. That was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jared Hillier was, uh, like a, a legend. He was like the original Benitez. I feel like you yeah, know, like the, yeah, he was a foreign yeah. manager. You guys really got in behind. So looking back at last week's action, uh, the big game obviously was the North London derby. It was a roller coaster ride for both teams. Um, Tottenham lost a two goal lead, which is nothing unusual for Tottenham. Uh, where do you think it went wrong for them? Um, like they were coasting there for like a little bit, and it, it just got away from them. Yeah, from from well, from my my take on the match was um, obviously yeah, as you said, Tottenham Tottenham went into a two 0 lead, and then but like Arsenal weren't playing too badly, like and obviously Tottenham took their early chances, and but it's kind of whereas in previous seasons where Tottenham always like they'd be losing or they'd be drawing, and then like right at the end uh, they'd always pop up win win a game, and I just don't think they've got the luck and. I don't know if there's with the new stadium. I know they were playing in the Emirates, but with the like, there's just something not quite right at Tottenham. I think there's something in the in the background. Well, there seems to be there seems to be like an awful lot of um, like player unrest. Obviously, yeah, Ericsson. like the full, full like the like yeah, Ericsson's being dropped or, or starting, but that just it's going to knock confidence. Like not just for him, but just throughout the team. So, so right now, I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm like concerned because obviously the last 15 games that are, like when they showed the form record, the Tottenham are third bottom, and which is relegation form pretty much, which, which which isn't good. But yeah, you can't like the game on 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 the, on the weekend. Arsenal are doing a lot like they are quite a bit better than last season it seems. 
Yeah, like they, they 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 bought really well in the summer. Um, like I, I like the the Nicholas Pepe guy again showed that he's a pretty yeah. He's gonna come. I think he's gonna come good this year. Like he's gonna as the season progresses and he gets more into the in, in like into the team. Like he'll. I don't know what he'll be like away from home. Like, um, like playing away at Burnley and like those places. It's gonna be probably an eye opener for him, but. I think that's the, I think that's the same for most for most teams though. Like I, I feel like uh, when you go to the likes of Burnley and all that kind of stuff, it's it, it's it, it, they make it that way that that, yeah. that you're you're kind of foreign players who aren't really used to playing on shitty surfaces and all that terrible kind of stuff. weather in the middle of winter and it's yeah exactly and I, I they kind of they thrive on that kind of stuff in yeah. Burnley and like they're not get one over on the big boys kind of thing. Um, so like. The, just looking at the the game from my my own perspective, um, like the second half that was like horrible. Like yeah. we just couldn't clear our lines. Um, I, I was watching the game at like Nelly's and there was a Dublin game on the screen at the same time, so I had like the Tottenham game on my phone. Um, oh, yeah. So so it was kind of weird. I was like randomly like watching the Dublin game and there was nothing happening. And then I roared out as oh, like, to celebrate yeah, a Tottenham goal, and people thought I was like a mentalist, and I thought, crazy. yeah, they're going to try and kick me out. Um, but then, like uh, the the guy that sitting beside, uh, good old Shane Donahue, he's a he's a Gunners fan, so he uh, he went out for a smoke and came back in, and I saw that Arsenal scored a second goal, and like he nearly gave me a heart attack. Oh, really? like, yeah, so he definitely got me back for that one. Nice. Um, but but it was just it was just horrendous. It's typical Tottenham. Get up on top, and then it's just like just couldn't hold on to the lead. Yeah. Like it was just wave after wave after wave of Arsenal attacking. We got really lucky that VAR saved us again because of the, oh, the yeah. offside one. Harry Kane hit the post. There's a bit of controversy at the end there when uh, the the defender Mustafi bundled over Harry Kane. For me, it was a penalty because obviously I'm really really biased. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the lads on Sky Sports and all that kind of stuff were. Literally call him like a diver yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, what did you think of the incident yourself? Yeah, it's one of those like, and that's the thing this season with VAR is they can they can look at those. But I, for me, it was I, I don't think it was think a it was, dive. I, I think it was a little bit of a dive, but um, yeah, it's just it's a, it was it's one of those things that when you get that like you're it's a striker waiting for the contact. Yeah, and then just kind of doing a forward motion because he's waiting for the guy to push him. But yeah, but he was pushed though, and that's that was the thing for me. Like, like he he was playing for the penalty, but it is yeah. what it is. I, I think because it's Harry Kane, he got a little bit off lightly, a little bit because uh, I I guess that had been like a, a foreign player, there would have been like typical foreigners. Yeah, and like, there was no huge controversy about it, but. I yeah, it and it was uh, like yeah, and the it's a tense atmosphere in there, like North London derby. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't Emirates. want to be a referee for them kind of games. No, and that's you know? and yeah, and so yeah, so, so obviously at the game, um, the, just the last bit on the Tottenham game, um, the the revelation of the game it was the young again uh, Gwen Duzi. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I think so. Um, he's like uh, David Luiz, like he's like the oh yeah, the, young, this, the, the younger yeah, curly hair guy. guy. Uh, he set up the second goal there for Aubameyang. Um Obviously, the English media, because like, he's a young player, they they put so much pressure yeah, on these guys. Yeah, they think he's an expert player. Yeah. Exactly, and like I mean, like the last game against Liverpool, oh, he's like anonymous. But how do you rate him? Uh, again, it's one of those like, and and like growing up, I remember 
Cesc Fabregas coming into the Arsenal team at 16 years old and uh, like he was he was a little bit hit and miss at first but you could tell he had class and it's the same for this guy I think like he's got good touches he's like after one season in the Premier League last year I think he's gonna I, I think this will be a better season for him and he'll he'll become more involved but it just depends because like I think he, he he was rested for a game um can't remember who against, but he, he yeah, I think he was rested and he, he just he's young, he just needs game time and he needs to be able to make mistakes and I think that's I think that's the problem sometimes for the younger guys when they play for the bigger teams. They're not given that yeah. kind of chance. I think that's that's what happened to to Jack Wilshire a little bit, that like, you know, like so much was expected of him because he, he was obviously a really good player when he was younger. Obviously the injuries hit him a little bit and then basically yeah. the fans just want to have nothing to do with him. And yeah. it's it's kind of a shame for players at bigger clubs that they kind of get uh, yeah, and there's a lot of, all over like that. And there's a lot of pressure. Like obviously the way Arsenal have gone since like the glory days, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of pressure on the players there. Like um, yeah, it's it must be hard being being an Arsenal player when and it's the same up in Liverpool. They haven't won the Premier League in however many thirty years. So there's that pressure. I mean, you think though that like the crazy. like the, the good thing for Liverpool though is that the they have the won fa- trophies and and the fans are very are way more tolerant. Like yes, yeah. I, I think because Arsenal won so much at the same time, the the fans still it's hard for them to realize that their club isn't as big as it once was. Yeah. Um, whereas with Liverpool, like it's still, I just think it's the nature of scousers that like you know that they'll they take what they can and they'll give anybody a chance so it's very rare you find a player getting hounded out of there um, no there's been a few i think like when it was under the roy hodgson era and those kind of i mean like you, you can't blame anybody no matter how tolerant they are of paul Konchesky tipping yeah. up to your club you know what i mean oh, yeah, but <laughs> like I remember they signed him and then they signed that uh, Christian Paulson guy. Oh yeah, and I, everybody was just like, "What the fuck is yeah, this?" Like yeah. Jesus Christ! Even, I think even Steve Gerrard was like, "What the fuck yeah, is this?" Yeah, it was uh, pretty not not the best time to be on Liverpool. That was that that was def that they were definitely Hodgson signings, and I don't think I don't think Roy Hodgson was ever designed to manage a huge club. Uh, and I no. said like he was at Inter Milan, obviously. And they are a huge club, but he didn't do as good as he should have. Yeah. And I mean, he's to me, he's like another kind of Sam Allardyce. So get in there and he'll do a good job for Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, uh, apart from that, you know, he's, yeah, he's pretty. Uh, he's just like an older Johnson Ross, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, with you being a Liverpool fan, um, speaking of Roy Hodgson and the likes, um, obviously the one of the big things that happened over the weekend was uh, Sadio Mane. And his, Having a straw. Yeah. Um, well, so obviously, Salah didn't pass to him. Let's let's just be be frank about that. Like he was wide open. Uh, he would have scored had the ball had passed. Uh, do you think he? Do you think he was right to freak out the way he did? Well, I I can see he was upset. We we play football over the winter every Friday when. When I don't get the part, are, you, are you trying to compare us to Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sorry, I guess I am. <laughs> but you know what it's like if you play football and you're wide open and somebody doesn't pass you the ball, you're a little bit upset. I am for sure. And um, yeah, so I could see, you can see why he would be upset. But then on the other shoe, Mo Salah, like it was such a fast move. Like he just he re- he got the ball from out wide. I can't probably 
Oliver. I think it was, a, I think it was Henderson maybe that passed the ball into him. And he just, like, as he does, a quick turn of the body. And he was in on goal, himself, like himself. So, like, I don't know, maybe he just didn't look up at that point. Like, and, but I, it's one of those things, yeah. It, there was a stat, because uh, there's stats for everything now, um, that of all the, like, Mane passes to Firmino and uh, Pasala way more than they pass to him when they're in oh, yeah. um, scoring, scoring opportunities. Uh, I think it's like, it's twice as much that uh, Mane would pass it to Salah or something like that. I think the problem is that, like, someone's expected of Salah. I think sometimes that, like, he, he feels the pressure himself and he needs to be able to say that he scored a goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's break, he obviously broke some records, all that kind of stuff, but he's also, um, like, he's, for instance, like, if he goes, like, three or four games without, uh, oh, like, scored. Exactly. It's like, yeah. what, what, so I think a lot of that plays on his mind, too. Um, like, from my own perspective, like, looking at it, is, it, it, it was just, it was nothing. It was just like angry people, you know, if Mane had stayed on the pitch, I don't think anything would, it was just the fact he was taken off and he had the opportunity to, yeah. to freak out. Um, James Milner sent out a great, uh, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah it was, it was so funny saying that, um, he was uh, pissed off because Milner wasn't being brought on. Yeah. So, like, James Milner, you gotta, you gotta love having somebody around, like, oh, yeah. around the club, you know? Um, but, but I think that Klopp did a, a great job. He didn't, Publicize yeah. it. It looked like it was all swept up, swept yeah. under the carpet. Like looking at them going down the tunnel, there's still a little bit of acrimony there, and Klopp's not the type of guy to oh, kind of yeah. take that bullshit. Um, no, I think you're right, and yeah, I, I think it'll be dealt with pretty like yeah, I think it's all been dealt with anyway. And then, but yeah, you can't like if you if you stop Marcelab from being selfish, then he's not going to be half player he is, and. Like you look at Lionel Messi, Ronaldo, like all those players, they're pretty selfish. Oh, so. oh my God! Like so. I, I mean, if you look at like uh, I think it was like two or three years ago, uh, Bale and Ronaldo had all those. Yeah, yeah. Big. Ronaldo freaked out uh, Gareth Bale for not passing to him. Um, it's yeah, right. It's like I mean, when like when you're when when you're that good and you have the ability that Salah has. Yeah. You know, you're gonna take the shot. It, yeah. it is what it is. You know, um, I I I feel like if if, if he had passed it and Mane had like fucked it then it would be the other way around <laughs> exactly like, and the fans would be on his back a little bit you know yeah. like saying like shoot you know what I mean yeah. so yeah I, I think it was just one of those things obviously because the cameras were there it just gets yeah. kind of blown out of proportion um, another great thing about that Liverpool game though was um, I don't know if you've seen the aftermatch uh, uh, interview with Klopp so the, the oh, guy the from Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold <laughs> going it, it was one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen that he's there like good. I'm so happy for Trent Alexander <laughs> yeah. Arnold. He's kind of giving us yeah. socks, and then the guy was just like, uh, the guy told him that it was real as an old goal, and Klopp was like, "Oh, the wind was knocked out of him." Yeah. For oh, a of oh my god! Like, so, I, yeah. I honestly like, I thought he was gonna cry. So yeah. it was, uh, it was kind of funny. Um, but like, I think that's why we love him. He's a character. Uh, like, so many managers are just like, blah, you know, yeah. like they come out yeah. and they know how to work the media. Klopp is all of us. He's just—he's a football fan, right? He is. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. When he came into Liverpool after Brendan Rodgers, yeah, I kind of—I was happy, and I wasn't. Obviously, I'd seen him at like heard of him from Dortmund, and and, and had seen the style of football that they played. So I was kind of excited, but until like you see him all the time, you don't get. Yeah. You don't see like you. So I'm like. I honestly think though, like, like just touching back on like 
what I was saying there about Liverpool fans being very patient. Like, I mean, like, well, he start off for Aussie, like exactly. And I, don't, I honestly don't think he would have got the chance that he got if if he had been at any other club apart from Liverpool. Like, if that had been United or Chelsea, he would have been gone. Mm. Like after like towards like obviously he'd lost like a bunch of finals in a row and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But the thing is though. If you're making those finals, you're going to win one of them. And eventually. He's obviously won the biggest yeah. one of all. Although that first goal still was not a goal. It wasn't a handball. It's like, fuck it. That had been, that had been the premiership. There's no way that would have been given. Bullshit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can tell I'm still really, yeah. really, really bitter about that game. I, I just, I just apologize for running off down the bar screaming my head off. Oh God. I'd like, yeah, <laughs> I, I still have, I, I still hate you for that. <laughs> so, uh, Last week, uh, me and young Dave DeRave, we, uh, we touched on, on Leicester a little bit. Um, so yeah, like we were kind of mentioned that they might be the dark horse this year, like Brendan Rodgers, as you know from your time at Liverpool. Yeah. It is a great manager. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, he seems to have been able to get the best out of Jamie Vardy again. I think he's yeah. had like 12 goals in 12 games or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that goal? I was, um, it was, it remind. I don't know if you, you probably won't remember it, but he, like three or four seasons ago, he played against Liverpool and pretty much scored a similar goal. So uh, you can, I, 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 re- do that, you remember that? That, that yeah. was during the year that they won the they league, won the when yeah. literally everything he touched turned to goal. Yeah. So, our, our goal, sorry. Oh, oh, Jesus, <laughs> sorry with that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it was yeah, great vision. Like just that ball coming over his shoulder, bouncing, and then just first like half volley over the keeper. Like you can't. So apart from it being a great goal, looking at it critically, what the fuck was the goalkeeper doing? Yeah, I, I guess he. <laughs> I guess he probably thought that he was going to take it down and maybe run towards. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, he like, didn't watch that Liverpool game from a few seasons. Exactly, and it was just like. If Verdi had a, had the ball in control, I can understand the keeper running out at that stage. But it, he just he laid on the plate a lot oh, yeah. for him. Obviously, it took a lot of skill to to finish it off. Yeah. Michael Owen has released a book this week, um, and him and Alan Shearer had a bit of a a, a Twitter a Twitter feud feud, yeah. which, which you would been Michael Owen is probably the most boring football player of all time. Yeah, but they, it's, I find it kind of funny that he had a, a Twitter feud with anybody. Um, what what did what was your make of it? Um, obviously they were both calling each other out. Um, do you think that what Mike Michael Owen deserved to say what he said about Newcastle fans? Um, the thing is, like Mike Michael Owen's career went downhill pretty much from when he left Liverpool, and that, you can tell that's his biggest regret was leaving Liverpool. Like, um, so. And when he came, when he left Real Madrid, he just wanted to sign back for Liverpool, and that obviously never happened because Newcastle came in with some crazy bid, and off he went, off he went to Newcastle, and yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't know, like I, for what Michael Owen did for Liverpool, like it, it was, he was a like amazing player. I remember watching him coming in like through the ranks and scoring all those goals and just. Scoring for fun, pretty much, and that FA Cup final when he scored against Arsenal and he scored both goals that, that game. And then, yeah, he just—I don't know. Like, I think Shearer is a bit of a an, an idiot. Like, you can tell he's very like the way he fell out. Like, he, like.
like obviously fun out with Owen, I guess, from obviously what we're reading uh, uh, from Owen's autobiography. But then who, who else? He fell out with like, Joey Byron. Uh, yeah, he fell out with well, uh, probably uh, every Craig, Craig, Craig Bellamy. Yeah, Craig, like he fell out. Like Rude Holler dropped him, like when he was manager, and like he he's fallen out with quite a few players, so it doesn't surprise me. And but we all knew that Michael Owen's big thing was England, like right, that, and that was pretty well known. He would always like England was his priority. And so you could see that when he was coming to the end of his contract with Newcastle, even though he didn't really want to be in Newcastle, probably, and then, of course, he wasn't going to put his all in because he wanted a new contract somewhere else. I think, um, like, <clears throat> for for Newcastle, like, the the fact that they paid so much money for him at the time, I think it was like 18 or 90 million, which is a lot of money back then, like, the, the alarm bell should have been ringing because, like, he went from Liverpool to Real, and he he scored like a it was a hat trick or something. He scored a, he scored against a, a great goal against Barcelona that won them the game. Yeah. He did he scored a, quite a few goals for Real Madrid. But obviously Real Madrid saw something that wasn't right because otherwise he would have been playing and he would have stayed. So obviously they 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 saw that there was an issue, and as soon as they got a big bid, they bit Liverpool or Newcastle's hand off. Yeah. Because I mean, like for the four seasons he was there, he played seventy five games. Yeah, he. Um, well, I think he 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 came up with that. Um, I don't know if you saw that interview on BT Sport or where he said pretty much the last six or seven years of his career, he was just couldn't wait to retire, pretty much. Which like, that that pissed me off something terrible because like, it's, it, it's just disrespectful to all the clubs that he played for. Like, like I mean, like if period. you look at if you look at like. Um, so I remember when he played, like he always had, the, he had this horse racing thing, and he, yeah. I think in one interview he said he preferred he prefers horse racing. Yeah. Like when you grow up and you want to be a footballer, and it's like you, like you know there's no chance of you ever doing it. Yeah. And then to hear a motherfucker who got to play for Liverpool, yeah. Real Madrid, England, yeah, he got to yeah. play at a World Cup, yeah. say something like that that for six or seven years he wish he retired, like that, like. If I was, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, if I was a United fan, if I was just, even a Stoke City fan, he said he went to Stoke at Christmas or something and told him that he couldn't play on, and, and Stoke said, obviously they probably wanted to sell jerseys or something, yeah, like the, just whatever, but I mean, but, Jesus Christ. Like, but if you look at Michael Owen, to say, for example, like, San, I guess, Santi Cazola, or, like, yeah. he, he, has, he had such bad injuries, and all he wanted to do was get back and play football, because, well... I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe Michael Owen just didn't love football as much as. Like I understand. Like I mean, like obviously, like there's players who, like David Bentley, didn't. Yeah, it's the same with. Uh, they seem to be all end up talking somehow because uh, Asio Cotto was the same. He said yeah. it's just a job. He doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, I get it. It's a job, but you're getting paid an obscene. And there's no need to say it. Like, like you must know that there's like kids out there dreaming of becoming footballers. And, and then it, you just get some like sh- like shitbag saying, yeah, like, and oh, that's, yeah, like, I want to retire for six or seven years. Well, then, like, don't play then. Go, go, yeah. go play at your horses. You know Especially what I mean? when people are paying to see you, like, to see you, like, in action. And if you can't be bothered, then why? Like, his, his, his sly little dig at Shearer was the fact that Shearer was going to go to, like, Liverpool. The yeah. thing is, though, like, if you look at, I don't think you can question Shearer's record at Newcastle. No. Like, he, when he left Blackburn, he had the opportunity to go to Manchester United, who were like 
killing everybody in, yeah, in front of him. Yeah, he like Exactly, right? And, like, I mean, like, he, he would have won European Cups. He would have, yeah. you know, he would have been, like, a star. And he went to Newcastle instead. So, I mean, like, he, I don't think any fan could have begrudged him going to another club. So, that was another, like, little shitty aside to get back yeah. at him. And it, it made no sense in the context of what Michael Owen was trying to portray in his interview that, like, or in his book that, you know, like, Newcastle isn't a big club. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know. yeah I, I, I get it, because if you look at, like, they are a big club. Like, I'm from the, the, the northeast, and I don't know, I just, I used to go to a lot of Darlington games, and when Newcastle were putting along in the old, old first division, and then that season they got promoted into the Premier League for the first time, it was, it was really interesting, because all of a sudden, there was a lot of glory fans. They got a lot, like... Darlington struggled to get like their attendances dropped because all of a sudden Newcastle were in the Premier League. They all went to watch Newcastle. So there was a lot of... But you'll see that with a lot of teams. Like You'll see a lot of new fans attracted to go and watch in Premier League football. Or... In, 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 in fairness to, to Newcastle, like, I mean, if you're at the, uh, the, the George Reynolds Stadium or like, whatever, you know, just watching like Darlington implode in front of your eyes and you yeah. got a chance to go and watch you know like Premier League football yeah, that's you can't blame them like no, that, I, I know I know that everybody has this idea of you know every English football club and the, the fans yeah. like this is why we're seeing clubs I know we touched on it last week this way clubs are falling is that just yeah. kids don't want to go and see Darlington unfortunately they want to go and see yeah. the big stars coming yeah. into to Newcastle um, but yeah, like it, it definitely, it de- it de- I, 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 sometimes with these autobiographies, they're really boring. And Michael Allen, as I mentioned, is probably the most boring people on the face of the yeah. earth. But it doesn't, it is nice for us to get like a, a small insight into what actually happens yeah, and it, in the dressing room I, and stuff like that. I might get the book, obviously, the ex Liverpool player. Um, but it has been serialized, so it is like taking the, like, just certain the, the parts be- of it, so it's not giving a full I, story. I feel, I feel like, like, so, like one of my favorite football autobiographies is the the Roy Keane one. Oh yeah. And it's not just because he's Irish; it's because it, it like he laid everything out, and the fact that he was still playing football at the time when he said all this stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of people hate him. He's he's been controversial again this week, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah he, he um when he came out and said about the like the the serialization of his book was him clashing into like Alfinga Haaland and oh, yeah. um, like Colin McCunt and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then you look at Michael Allen's serialization and it's like Newcastle aren't really a big club <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? you, like, yeah you look at the context it's, it's it, of course like and this is the thing like now he's releasing his book when um, Joaquin released his there wasn't really that big social media, media. like so so it kind of blows up a little bit more now, I think, as well, with, with all of this. But, well, he, so. he, Wiking did, like, write, uh, write another book, like, a year or two ago, um, and that's when that big feud started, because it was after, uh, Alex Ferguson wrote his book. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's so funny to think of Roy Keane and Alex Ferguson getting in for a book to book spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, just the, the, they're both sitting at home, 
furiously in front of their MacBooks going, I'll get the cunt this time. <laughs> you know what do I mean? Th- do you think Alan Shearer's at home now writing his book? <laughs> oh my god. It's like even that one I think would probably be boring as hell. Like yeah, like the like pretty... you know, like uh probably the most interesting things that's happened how to him I, was how probably... I separated Lee Boyer and Kieran <laughs> Dyer. <laughs> exactly, or how I got into a fight with Roy Keane and yeah. stood there like I and shat my pants pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um it's it's definitely interesting and um it's 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 as I said, it's it's kinda nice to move away from the kind of the Wayne Rooney books that come out he's had like seven autobiographies now yeah. and not one of them mentions like the granny shagging or oh, like no. uh, him cheating on his missus yeah. or blowing a million pounds at the casino and all that kind of stuff so yeah. it's just like oh uh, it's all like sugar coated so yeah like fair play to Michael Owen I guess for trying to be interesting it's just that he doesn't have much going no. on to me though honest God love him so last week we talked about um, on the podcast we talked about um, like VAR and how it's going to shape the season. Uh, obviously, there is a, a big a big thing that VAR wasn't allowed to get involved in uh, over the weekend with Jack Grealish. Um, so I, I actually didn't know that this um, that if the referee blows the whistle, VAR can't come into 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 play. Okay, so I didn't realize that. yeah, so so th- I think that was, that was part of the big controversy with the Grealish thing is that like because the ref had blown the whistle, they couldn't go back and check it. Yeah, because um, that was a crazy decision. Like oh my, like that, the ninety like, fifth minute in a game for a team that's just been promoted, yeah. like that point is huge. Oh yeah, away to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace on a good run too. Um, and just before the international break, like. Um, it gives you that kind of yeah. kick, kick in the bollocks. The kind of yeah. the next game is going to be, you know, you come back. You got keeps the co- confidence within the club, and yeah. Uh, so did obviously you thought it was a goal, then like this yeah, I, I like, and that's the thing. In hindsight, if I, if they could have looked at VAR, they would have been able to see. But then the obviously the player went on and they scored, but did because he blew the whistle. Would a challenge have got like I? It did. It looked like everybody was. Kind of stopped a little bit. Like, yeah. So it's 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 a hard one, but I think I think that one he should have just played advantage and then checked it far because it was definitely not a dive. It's, so I I think it's the same thing as we talked about with Harry Kane. It, it, he was pushing. He was pushing the back, but he made a meal of it. And and this is the problem that yeah. like, it, see I don't think Grealish made a meal of it. He oh, he just, did. He was just running through, and then no. If you look at it again, like he's waiting for the contact. It's one of the. It's you. You know yourself, like like you, you watch games week in yeah. week out, and yeah. you you know when the players waiting Coming for it. As everybody, as a lot of people have been saying as well, is that like you know if these decisions happen outside the box. It'd be a totally different story. That yeah. would to me that would the, the Harry Kane one would have been a free kick all day long. Yeah. Same with the the Grealish one. He didn't dive. He was pushed from the back, but he was waiting for it. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as he felt the contact, and I guess once the whistle blows, then like, I guess as you said, people will probably just stop dead in their tracks. And, yeah. it, and the one time that you want fucking VAR to be there to actually do something, it's yeah. not available. So no, it's, it's, <laughs> it, not. it's just typical, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I guess the the referee, I think, it was Kevin Friend. He's got no friends in Birmingham at this stage. I think he should. No, stay, I, I think so. he should stay the hell away from yeah, Birmingham, yeah. Um, and just um, yeah, just watch his back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, just just finally, just um, uh, obviously, this week was the end of the transfer window in Europe. Yeah. Um, 
big some big stories like Icardi moved to uh, PSG. There was the switch of goalkeepers at Real Madrid. Yeah. Navas and uh, Riola. I don't. Or is yeah. that a nipple thing? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the guy moved. The guy moved to uh, to, to Real Madrid. Uh, the big news as well is like the lack of people moving because obviously there's Christian Eriksen was supposed to go yeah. and um, Jan Vertonghen was talking yeah, there's a couple of on. Tottenham players mentioned but. so do you think that uh, in future do you think that the Premier League made a huge mistake switching their yeah because from my understanding and it might be a bit, a bit wrong but obviously that in the Premier League they they brought it forward just so it was kind of in line with the start of the season, so they couldn't really lose any players, like to other like to other clubs within the Premier League and Europe. And then Europe kept their window at the end of August or beginning of September, which then made no sense because while the Premier League teams couldn't buy anybody, they could still lose players to other teams. So if if for example Christian Eriksen went to Real Madrid or wherever he was linked to and how are Tottenham going to replace him like it just didn't make any sense yeah like uh, um, the, the, the reason they, they say they brought it in is because of the Oxlade tra- uh, Chamberlain transfer to oh, to Liverpool to right. Liverpool because Wenger was complaining that it was two um, last minute two last minute there was two weeks after the window opened and I, I kind of I understand it a little bit but the problem is that if if you go and do something like that on your own and the other leagues don't follow yeah you're going to have these problems and you're right like I mean like Tottenham tried to they, they thought they were going to lose Christian Eriksen so they brought in the oh yeah uh, Ndombele and uh, Lo Celso who is so up in the air with that guy plays because he hasn't really had the opportunity to get on the pitch he's played a few minutes against Arsenal but it, it's it's just from a fan's perspective they like it's really I feel like it's getting out of control that like um, yeah that that the Premier League teams are getting kind of shafted a little bit. So, um, just just wrapping up here. Um, obviously, this this week is uh, international break. Um, Ireland were playing Switzerland tonight. They drew one one, which is a pretty good result for Ireland. Uh, is who's England playing? No idea. Yeah, that's your true fan yeah. there. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you just expect them to win. I'm a uh, typical English fan. Yeah, uh, when the Premier League season's on, I don't care who wins. Yeah, um, I'll check out the results next week sometime. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll splice the uh, the podcast and, and put in. It'll be like uh, England were playing Slovenia. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, obviously next week we'll probably talk a little bit about the, uh, the international break but we'll also maybe I'll have to watch it then <laughs> yeah but uh, I think we'll also have a I think we'll just maybe have a few filler bits and pieces I was thinking about maybe we could talk about like our favourite football movie and stuff like that because yeah. I know you're a big fan of the flicks and stuff yeah um, we can't finish without not talking about our good old team the Halifax Wanderers they were playing um FC Edmonton, a good old zero-zero draw on the Yeah, but, but they they really they they Did really went for it. And yeah. I mean, like FC Edmonton have been around for they quite had a while. One, one shot at goal. Yeah, game. which yeah. I, so, and the, I, the big thing for the Wanderers, they can't take that support on the road. So I mean, like their away form is dreadful. Their home form, yeah, I've said, it's pretty F- decent. It's a pretty good. FC Edmonton are like a, a well-established club. With this, they kind of yeah. have the upper hand on. Every team in uh, the, the the CPL at this stage. Yeah. Um. There was the uh, I saw there the privateers had tweeted about uh, Moncton maybe getting 
I saw that. Yeah, that'd be that would be pretty neat. Uh, and a bit I, of a I, rivalry. Yeah, and I think it'd be good like, that there'd be like a uh, you know like fans could actually travel and yeah. bring that atmosphere with them and help the players out a little bit. Yeah. Um, because this this is the thing. Like I mean, like you know, there's some big journeys in. English football. If you like, if you're a fan of Carlisle and they're playing Southampton, that's a huge journey. Yeah, and all kind of stuff. But we're talking now seven-hour flight. Away. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, as much as we love the CPL, it's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. That I really hope that Monk can get a team. Yeah, and I, I, I think like with the Wanderers, like from the games that we went to, it's been. And I know you touched on it last week, but my, like, yeah, like it's well done. Like great atmosphere. Um. It, yeah, it's it's funny, like I mean, like uh, obviously, like Dave was talking about last week about the chance and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, that's that stuff will come. It, you know, it's the first season, yeah. and you know, you, you, there's probably like a lot of newer kind of football fans, and you know, like the, I I I really hope that it, they stick with it, and that in four or five years, I really feel like that it's going to be like an amazing yeah. place to go to. Um, hopefully, I'll turn into like that. Uh, Galatasaray, you know, the Welcome to Hell banners, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff, uh, Eric Cantona, like, coming yeah. out with the colours up kind of thing. Um, and, and, like, the, another thing in the CPL there, we had our first huge blowout on the weekend. The, oh, uh, the 8-0? Yeah. yeah, uh, so, yeah that's pretty... I, I, I honestly thought myself that we would see more of that because, obviously, like, yeah. some teams have really gone and... Uh, like spent some, like, got some good players in. Yeah, and uh, I thought that we'd see that in the cup competition, like, when it, like, Halifax played Auto Auto Fury. Like they put a good like a good fight up against. Like, I was Fury. I was really I, yeah. I mean like, they were like, unlucky. Yeah, like, and like the the Whitecaps didn't. I think the Whitecaps got beaten. Uh, yeah. Um, the impact had a struggle. Yeah. So so like, the CPL really like gave a good account of themselves in those games. But I mean, I, you really feel for like oh, yeah. Valor. Yeah. yeah having to yeah. you know it's kind of. It's, can you imagine it being like your first game you've gone to, oh. and, and that's what you get to see? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but um, devastating. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to like uh, maybe going to another game or two before the season's over. Um, yeah, just just to soak up the atmosphere, and you know, it's it's great. You can have a beer. Like a lot of the stadiums at home are kind of restricted that you can't have a beer at the game. Yeah, yeah you can only drink your beer in the concourse, uh, which is that's what's and watch it on the TV screen. You know, you might as well be at home or in the pub yeah, doing exactly. that, you know what I mean? And obviously, you know, uh, English people can't handle a beer and they just start fights everywhere, right? So that's, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> that's why so, they have to be segregated, I guess. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, yeah, um, obviously we were supposed to have Andrew Murphy with us this, uh, this week. If anybody who knows Andrew Murphy will know that he's a, he's a bit of a... He's, he's an idiot, basically. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he cycled into work and then he got a flat tire and he was supposed to come back out. And yeah, hopefully we'll have him on next week's show. Um, I really want to thank Andy for, for being here. Oh, no Andy's going to be on the show with me every week. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening to last week's show as well. Uh, we had listeners from Canada, the, the US, to Vietnam. Thanks, Todd Anderson. We really appreciate your, yeah. your support. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Morgan and Spencer. They're our number fan, number one fans in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, the support is really appreciated. And if you do enjoy North American sports, make sure to give my friend Dave Smith's podcast a listen at Armchair Commentary. It's the uh, 
Strickland that was on oh, yeah. Babbling on a bit oh, yeah. jerseys the, the there jerseys. A, couple, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. It, it was so the England jersey is not the worst one. Oh my god, come on, it's it is. It's it's, it's it's it was garbage. No. Or rubbish, sorry. Uh, Don, 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 speaking of Don Anderson, he sent me a message today going, like, what's with the British accent? It, it's my radio voice. So oh, it's yeah. like, you know. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I, I was waiting for you to speak and I was like, oh, that was Anthony. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, yeah. I, I've been practicing at home and Sarah's like, what the fuck is that? So, yeah. Um, so, as I said, I really appreciate all the support. Uh, you can check us out, hopefully join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and I have a Twitter account, but, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who who deals with Twitter? Um, so yeah, thanks again, everybody. Uh, until next week, uh, take it easy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, a weekly look at all that's happening in the football world. We do this while we enjoy a good old point. If you'd like to join us, we are on the Facebooks and on the Instagram. And you can always click the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss a bleeding episode. Until next week, thanks a million. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.